Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Early Edge NFL Divisional Round Player Prop Preview Show presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Eric Cohen, a.k.a. EC, and we are on, right, so we're on fire on this particular show. Absolutely crushed it last week. My guys, the two of the best in the business. In fact, I think they are the best in the business, as I say every week. And look at that, 10-4. and four. Uncle Dave, 4-2. and two. Proppy and I, 3-1. and one. Hey, I'm just staying out of the way trying to avoid those 0-4s because these guys are red hot right now. And as Proppy always says, the lines are sharper in the postseason. So get ready. We have a lot on your plate, on our plates and your plates this weekend. So let's bring in the stars of the show. We have the best fantasy football expert in all the land from CBSSports.com, Dave Richard. And we have the smartest prop better on the planet, in my opinion, at least. And I think if you look at his record, especially in the NBA, where he's all over CBSSports.com, there are banners of him up 28-plus units. It's our man, Prop Stars. Dave, I'm going to start with you. Four and two last week. Which game are you excited for most this week and why? Well, for player props, it's going to be the Bucks lions game. I actually have three picks from that game. I think it'll be a fun game. Um, will it be the best game? No. That's going to be Chiefs-Bills. Everyone knows that that one with those quarterbacks should be a showdown that goes right up until the end of the game. Proppy, you talk about lines being sharper this time of year. You're betting volume this particular week. I know you have a, a boatload of picks for us. Are you betting more on these picks, less? What's kind of your strategy for dollars bet this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I stick to uh, a unit system, EC, where uh, one unit represents between 1% and 2% of my bankroll. So my units don't fluctuate, or the, the size of my unit doesn't fluctuate uh, as the season goes on. <laughs> what does fluctuate occasionally is the confidence in a pick. Uh, if I'm you know, extremely confident, I may bump that up to a 1.5, rarely a two-unit play for me uh yeah so i'm fired up i just want to mention collectively 10 and 4 as you said at the top of the show love that love seeing uncle dave he's been killing it seeing you do well uh as well ec just to highlight how sharp these lines are uh, i was a single josh allen rushing attempt away uh from breaking out the brooms going 0 and 4 on here uh but that just goes to show you if you see a lot of these lines are very tiny thin margins uh that are making the difference here and this is why uh we are exercising caution and uh, why you know we're talking about how sharp these lines are for a reason now we encourage you to bet on the nfl don't get me wrong but if you want to take some of that extra bankroll and tail proppies plays in the nba probably would be a good idea because what he's doing right now it's not even it's not even fair to the rest of us who like to pick games on a regular basis he is smashing the sports books just saying that right now the record on cbssports.com you can check it out you can check uh, sports lines cbs sports He's crushing it. I just want to I want to give you a shout out for that before we get into it. But you have our first pick of the day, and we're going to go to the Houston and Baltimore game. Ravens, nine and a half point favorites. The weather kind of weird uh, in that it's colder. Uh, uh, Producer Jake was explaining to me about weather fronts merging together. With Listen, I live in Arizona. I don't know much about that. But, Proppy, you have an under for a player that exploded last week. Why are you going under for this Houston wide receiver? A player that we backed actually last week, EC, I might add. That's Nico Collins. I'm going to fade him this week. Under 77 and a half receiving yards. Not to go on a tangent here, but you should never marry yourself to a player just because I've backed Nico Collins, uh, you know, a handful of times this year and had success doing it uh, does not, you know, 
factor into my decision if I think there's value fading him this week uh, I'm gonna pull the trigger but uh yeah I love Nico Collins obviously he's been the engine of this Houston Texans passing attack has been a big reason why uh they've won 10 plus games and had that great upset last week uh and, and won but I just think the buck stops here now we're traveling on the road the Texans are playing outside of Houston we just have not seen uh C.J. Stroud and this passing attack really have a lot of uh, positive results traveling, you know, north of the Mason-Dixie line or, you know, outside of uh, the south and warm weather. So this is going to be a whole different environment. And then the, the biggest factor is this Baltimore pass defense, in my opinion, and the uh, advanced analytics would definitely support this. This is the best pass defense. If it's not the best, it's, you know, 1A, 1B. Uh, this is the best pass defense in the NFL this season. They are top three in literally every defensive passing category. EPA allowed per dropback, uh, coverage grade, uh, pretty much just down the line. Uh, success rate, success percentage, explosive downfield passing, they limit that. They're also exceptional against First reads as well, which we know without Tank Dell, it's pretty much Nico Collins and just some other guys as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Ravens are going to allocate quite a few resources to slowing down Nico Collins. They've definitely watched him uh, just explode, I mean, all season long, but he's really uh, just gone, you know, nuclear over these last three weeks and been a big, as I mentioned, a big reason why Houston's had so much success. So when you factor in the weather, you factor in the opponent, uh, and you factor in, I just think this is a natural regression spot as well. I love C.J. Stroud and the Texans, uh, but I just think this Baltimore team might be historically good, and the defense is phenomenal, and the strength is the pass defense. So I'm going to fade Nico Collins for all those reasons. And I think that's great, great logic there, Proppy. You know, a lot of people, it seems like, are actually betting the Texans with the points, I love Baltimore this week. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think I think Baltimore smashes them. Go ahead, Proppy. I, I can understand, you know, 10 points in the playoffs is a lot, especially with us uh, as efficient and as good as uh, the Texans and C.J. Stroud has been. I can understand wanting to back them there. But, yeah, I just have a lot of confidence in Baltimore, specifically that defense. Uh, yeah, so I, I would also add I really like fading Collins's under six and a half receptions. However, that's heavily, heavily juiced, which is why I'm opting to go with the 77 yards. However, if you can find something closer in the range of minus 110 to minus 130 on under six and a half receptions, I really feel that's a good look as well. One thing I did want to touch on while we're on this game real quick, I know we're going to hand it over to Dave here in a second. Uh, so I also like Odell Beckham Jr., quite a lot in this game. Uh, I really think he was preserved uh, throughout the regular season. They didn't give him a full allotment of snaps in order to save him for these spots. He's obviously a veteran. He actually played really well when he was given the opportunities and he ran a lot of routes. Uh, so I like OBJ quite a lot in this spot. One look that I like quite a lot is him to lead this game in receiving yards at plus 600. That is something I've already bet. I would encourage you guys to maybe sprinkle a little bit on that as Dave likes to say. All right, now, before I get to my pick, Dave, I actually have a question for you about you don't have a pick in this game, but Mark Andrews, he remember he had that that injury, I think it was Monday Night Football, uh, or it was Thursday Night Football against the Bengals, got hurt, we thought he was done for the year, now he practiced this week, do we know if he's going to play and how that might impact the Baltimore pass catchers? So, so this actually helps the call on Odell Beckham, is that there is a report from NFL media that he's not expected to play. Uh, he's listed as questionable for the game. You have to wait and see if he's actually inactive. If he is inactive, it makes the Odell Beckham overs look much more attractive. And just to piggyback off of Proppy on Nico Collins, two things. Number one, I'm expecting the Ravens to play a lot of zone coverage. They don't want to give up the big play. They've been doing a lot of that lately, and if they do do that, it's a 24.5% target per route run rate for Nico Collins on the balance of the season that's not taking out plays with Tank Dell. It's not taking out plays when C.J. Stroud wasn't on the field. We can probably come up with a more pure number there, but the point is that it's actually much lower than what he gets against man coverage, which is about a 30% target per route run rate, which is absolutely obscene. So taking the over unders on Nico Collins, I think those numbers are high on purpose. I think they know that the general public wants to keep feeding on the Nico Collins train and this is the type of matchup where I expect that train to come to a grinding halt. Yeah, Fantasy Life has that. Collins says uh, uh, one of the sports books has that Collins line at 80 and a half. Listen, the higher you can get it, the better. Uh, take that under uh, based on what Proppy and, and Uncle Dave said. Uh, great bet there. Now, 
Proppy likes Odell Beckham Jr., but I like uh, Zay Flowers. So Zay Flowers over 49 and a half receiving yards at minus 101. Uh, you can get that this week. Our AI pick bot thinks he's going to have over 75 yards, which is great. But in week one in his first ever NFL game against Houston, nine catches, 78 yards. He was over this number in three of his last four regular season games, which, by the way, did not include one Mark Andrews. He's 21st in the league in deep targets, which is, you know, he's good over the middle, but he's also good for a deep ball, can get a chunk of that on one on one care or one catch. Lamar Jackson also happens to be the most accurate passer in the NFL between 10 and 19 yard throws. That's where I think Zay, uh, Zay Flowers may be a big factor this week in the middle of that Houston defense. We know that Todd Monken is going to throw it, the offensive coordinator for Baltimore. So expect a lot of passing yards from Lamar Jackson. Proppy likes Odell Beckham Jr.'s over, and I like Zay Flowers over 49 and a half receiving yards at minus 101. All right, before we get into the game that I think matters the absolute most this week, well, I'm a Green Bay fan, so of course I'm going to say that. Let's take a, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so this is, I'm going to start with the, the intrigue on this particular game. You know, before the show, we have some discussions and whatnot. And I don't want to spoil it, but Proppy, I'm going to let you give out the first pick. You know, if there's a player that's been more red hot over the last 10 weeks than Jordan Love, who is it? So which way are you leaning for Jordan Love's passing yards this week? I am leaning under, but first I want, first and foremost, I'd like to preface by stating uh, this is more of a gut call on my behalf there's something called soft skill capping which is essentially uh just your instincts and instinctually i just feel that this is a potential letdown spot for jordan love uh, i'm gonna go under 249 and a half passing yards there's no argument for me jordan love has been absolutely exceptional over the last eight to ten weeks uh if you both the eye test and statistically uh he's really really excelled however uh, I had, if if you recall, I had talked at length about how I felt that Cowboys defense was extremely fraudulent. Not the case with the San Francisco 49ers defense. I think this 49ers defense is uh, much more equipped uh, potentially to limit Green Bay. I think Green Bay really kind of lacking a true wide receiver one is going to work in San Francisco's favor here as far as holding uh, Love in check. I also think if we look at how to beat San Francisco and where they're more vulnerable, it all season long it's been on the ground. They're a much more vulnerable run defense than pass defense. This is an elite coverage unit. Uh, this They have an elite pass rush to pair with an elite coverage unit as well. Uh, yeah, and just if we look at, again, the defensive passing metrics for San Francisco, they're a lot better than I think a lot of people realize and some of the raw numbers suggest. So I've been really impressed with San Francisco's uh, defense, particularly the pass defense. I just think after beating the Cowboys, that was essentially, as far as I'm concerned, and I could be completely wrong here, uh, that was the, the Packers' Super Bowl, and this is just a natural letdown regression spot. I really think San Francisco uh, with Kyle Shanahan are going to be well prepared for this game, having the bye week to get healthy, having guys like Arik or Armstead back on the defensive line. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers defense is healthy. They're hungry. I think this is going to be a real statement shutting down Jordan Love, who has undoubtedly been one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league. But I will go under 249 and a half passing yards here. All right. So, Uncle Dave, Jordan Love in his last 10 games has gone over this number eight times. But there is some murky weather. In the Bay Area, which way do you – I know you don't have an official pick, but which way do you lean on this problem? 
Uh, assuming the weather's fine, I would take the over and I would feel really, really good about it because Jordan Love has been playing great. This is weird because disagreeing with prop has usually led to me having a lighter wallet. <laughs> but I, I've been watching, you know, there's something that PS said. It's that Jordan Love, if you watch him, he's been amazing. And I agree with him that the 49ers pass rush has been great all year. But I disagree. I, th- I think the 49ers run defense. I don't think you beat the 49ers by running on them. I think you've got to beat the 49ers by making plays through the air. And the fact that there is no number one wide receiver for Green Bay, that, that makes me think that they're harder to defend through the air. And that's been the case this year. It's almost like whichever wide receivers are available to Jordan Love, he makes it happen. And I also do not expect them to play a lot of man coverage. The 49ers don't blitz a lot, and they play a lot of zone coverage. And that pass rush pressure, it is going to get to Jordan Love. But Love showed us as recently as last week that he can avoid that pressure, get out of the pocket, and make plays downfield. And I don't want to take the over on his pass attempts. That's where I think there's a sucker line. I would take the under on the pass attempts because I don't think he's going to throw 36, 37, 38 times. That doesn't seem right. I think the 49ers are actually going to be in a competitive game against Green Bay. I think the Packers take it and and keep it to a one-score game. And I think Jordan Love actually goes over. I'm I'm, I'm going to go against my better judgment here and ask you, Propokio, if you want to uh, do a showdown action on Jordan Love. You can have the under and I'll take the over on his passing yards. What do you say? Dave, you know I'm a willing dance party. Uh, Before we make any sort of uh, final confirmations, I would love to do something creative with you like we did in years past. Uh, I I remember there was deep dish pizza involved. So why don't we think about something we can do? Maybe the chat could be involved with voting on it uh, as far as what we we risk or put at stake here. But I've got three words for our wonderful producer, Jake. Hit the music. That was four. And there you have it. How about that great logic from both the guys? Proppy going with his gut on the under. Dave going with the over. I'll tell you what, Dave, I kind of side with you because of the game flow. Oh, crap. Then I want out. I want out. That's it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Here it is. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. The last time. The last time you guys did a showdown on this show that I was that I remember Dave was the Cowboys Eagles game and you won. Uh where you I will say this, let me tell you this, is that I think I think the majority of my colleagues and Dave is aware of the fact that the one area where I lack discipline is with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. And uh I, I'm a little I have blinders on regarding them. So I will always take a showdown if I'm backing my guys there and I've been taken advantage of numerous times. If you look at my record with and without Eagles uh showdowns, I've done quite well, but anytime the Eagles are involved, I tend to be a bit biased. And I've already thought about an idea for for this showdown. Uh, tell me what you think of this, Alex. I could use a new tracksuit. You could probably use some killer new T-shirts or maybe a button-down shirt for the show. I don't know. So maybe the loser goes shopping with the winner and we get some fresh gear for next year's player prop extravaganza. I, I love that. I think we should debut whoever wins on, on our, our first uh, episode of next year with said outfit. So I am game for that, Dave. Done deal. That is the coolest showdown that I have ever witnessed uh, on this family of shows. I'm all about this. I Not that I'm one who knows much about style, hence the undershirt and the polo shirts. However... I am fascinated to see how this works out. Either new tracksuit or new T-shirts. That's why you watch this show. But, hey, Proppy's still got another pick in this particular game. I know we got off topic there for a second. Proppy, you're going with a 49ers receiver to have a big night against Green Bay Secondary. Who is it and why? Yeah, if you've watched this show, I've been backing this guy all year successfully, I might add. That's Brandon Ayuk. i uh, like him to go over. I believe the number we have is 68 and a half. Shop around. I've seen some 66, 67s, but fine with all those numbers up to 72 and a half here. Uh, but again, I continue to beat the drum for Brandon Ayuk, who's had a historically good, see a great season, I might add. Over 1,300 yards without with double-digit targets in a single game, that level of efficiency 
uh, is just off the charts. If we look at his target profile and we look at the advanced metrics, yards per route run, uh, yards per target, they rival that of Tyreek Hill. He just hasn't gotten the volume that Tyreek Hill has. But where he really excels, and I talk about this ad nauseum, is in the splash zone, which are the most valuable targets that you can get in the NFL. Uh, that is down the field and in the middle of the field. And Ayuk is the most targeted player in said area of the field, coupled with the fact that Green Bay really struggles covering that area of the field. We even saw after they jumped out to that big lead against Dallas, uh, Dak threw for close to 400 yards uh, and was just slinging it all over the place. I think Brock Purdy is going to have a lot of success against this Green Bay pass defense that is not good at all. Green Bay's run defense has been fairly solid, but the pass defense has consistently struggled all year. They rank bottom five in EPA allowed per drop back, uh, explosive rate. Uh, they've just really struggled in the back end. And again, covering deep down the middle of the field. So I think Ayuk is going to get loose for a couple plays at least, and he's going to continue to be one of the best wide receivers in the league, and I just love this matchup for him. So we're going to go over 68.5 receiving yards. I will also be betting on his alt lines. I like him to clear triple digits potentially, and I'll certainly be betting him to go over 125 as well. Well, we know that Proppy is probably not thinking Green Bay is going to be in the game, but I agree with Dave once again that Green Bay is going to make it more interesting and maybe I'm biased, but the way the Packers are playing right now, hey, I don't think they win, but I think they keep it interesting. But my pick in this game is Brock Purdy under 21 and a half completions at minus 130, a little more juicy. This number seems a little high to me considering he's under in 13 of 16 games that he's played in this season. He also has 30 or less attempts in, in 13 of 16 games. San Francisco thrives by running the ball often. When they get behind, that's a different story. In this game, I don't think they will. And that's not saying Proppy's pick isn't going to hit. In fact, I really think it will. I think the Ayuk play is very, very solid. With that said, Brock Purdy is also very efficient. He completes passes at a high rate, has guys running wide open, and really doesn't have to throw it more than 29, 30 times at most. And I think that you know, even if he completes 70% of 30 passes, that's 21 completions and we hit the under. So I feel that like that bet is the best one under 21 and a half at minus 130. All right, on to game number three and on to Sunday. And we've gone 21 minutes in this show without Uncle Dave making an official pick. That changes right now. All right, Uncle Dave, your first pick is with a Lions running back and his rushing attempts. So this is interesting because he's also their primary pass catching back. Why do you like his rushing attempts over? I like Jameer Gibbs to get 11 or more rush attempts. You can find that at minus 110 at MGM. And he's had at least 11 rushing attempts in five of his past six games, but not last week, not against the Rams and not against that tough run defense. And no doubt the Bucks run defense, very, very good. But Gibbs is the perfect fit against them. They get aggressive up front. They blitz a lot. They run blitz a lot. They try and stuff the run with more than just four or five defenders right off the snap. And I think that's perfect. Gibbs can beat that type of kind of dedication to run defense. He can beat that and kind of beat seven in the box, eight in the box. And that's where big gains come in. And I think the Lions lean into that a little bit more in that matchup compared to somebody like Montgomery, who's like a, a steady-as-he-goes type of a running back, can get you – four, five, six yards at a time, but not those chunk plays. Here's the other thing that I just noticed, and this is just a very simple thing about Jameer Gibbs. Since week four, he's followed up a game when he's had under 10 carries with 11 or more the following week. It's almost like the coaching staff realizes, uh-oh, we didn't give Jameer Gibbs the ball enough last week. Maybe we should give him the ball a little bit more this week. And that's really about it. I think that he's the right type of fit for this matchup. I think the Bucs are a team that's coming off of a easy coast win in the first round of the playoffs, and then they go up to Detroit, and maybe they keep it a little bit close, but I think the Lions find a way to win. I think Jameer Gibbs is a big part of that. Let's take the over on his rush attempts. Over 10.5 at minus 110. Savvy, savvy play there, Dave. Now, Proppy, you're going in this game sticking with the Lions theme with Sam Laporta, who is playing on a bum leg. Do you think he'll have a good game or a not-so-good game? 
I think he's going to have a great game. You see, this is actually my favorite prop of the week. Uh, the market tends to agree as well. We got this out at 36 and a half. This is sailed north of 40 yards. It's up, I think, to 42, 43 and a half yards. I still think there's some value there. Getting a big discount here. Obviously, if you've been paying attention to Sam Laporta, you'll understand why. Uh, he ended up playing last week. Uh, ended up playing 80% of the snaps in that game as well against the Rams. Only three receptions, 14 yards, obviously not a lot there. Uh, did have a touchdown reception, but again, the playing time was extremely encouraging. He was in there on running downs as well. Uh, he has personally said he feels significantly better this week at this stage than he did the previous week. Practiced in full on Wednesday. Uh, got on a limited practice on Thursday, which is just more of a rest thing. Haven't seen his practice status today but i anticipate him playing close to 100 percent of the snaps in this game and it's a dream matchup against the tampa bay bucks the bucks surrendered the third most yards this season two opposing tight ends uh were very vulnerable in the middle of the field laporta uh again big discount here because of the injury risk but i think he's a lot closer to 100 percent uh, with the hyperextended knee than he is the other way. So I will take said discount in what is a great matchup. No weather conditions considering they're playing in Detroit inside of a dome. We've got close to a 50-point total, uh, and especially if Tampa Bay can push Detroit a little bit, uh, even without that happening, I have a lot of confidence that this number is closer to his floor than his ceiling. So I love Sam Laporta. This is my favorite prop of the week. And how high would you go, Proppy? At the 42 and a half, uh, that's where I'd start to think that it makes a little more sense. I'd play it there for a half unit, probably up to 44 and a half yards. Dave, how high would you go on Jameer Gibbs' uh, rushing attempts? Basically the same thing. I wouldn't do uh, 11 and a half unless I was getting some serious plus money. Now, we, I think all can agree that, that the uh, uh, Buccaneers, easy for me to say, are going to be in chase mode. So, Dave, I wanted to give out your first pick here. I know you have two picks on Tampa Bay. Talk about Baker Mayfield. Do you do you agree with me that that Tampa Bay likely is going to have to throw early and often? Absolutely, and that's why I think Baker Mayfield's going to throw more than thirty-four and a half passes. Let's take the over on that. It's minus one twenty-eight. It's a little juicy, but I think it's going to come in. The good news is that he did this last week. He had thirty-six pass attempts. The bad news. You're not going to like this part. He had 35 or fewer pass attempts in his prior seven games, including a pair of losses by seven or more points. So why am I on this? Why do I want to take the over here? It's because of the matchup against Detroit. They've allowed at least 36 pass attempts themselves in four straight games. That's fueled by their run defense. They're great against the run. They've held running backs 3.5 yards per rush. That's over the course of the season. 3.6 yards per rush in their past five games. And Rashad White hasn't been quite as good as he was about a month ago. He's been under 100 total yards in four straight games. So this all points to a solid amount of throwing for Tampa Bay, which Mayfield did a lot of back in week six. Let me take you back to a crisp October day in Tampa Bay when Baker Mayfield absolutely stunk against the Lions who played zone-heavy coverage, and the Lions ran away with a 20-6 victory. But he had 37 pass attempts in the game. He had to settle for checkdowns. He had to not throw deep. And I think the Lions are going to try and subscribe to that theory again. Why change it if it's not broken? And so Baker Mayfield's going to see this deep coverage, and he's going to have to accept shorter throws. That's cool with me. That means a lot of pass attempts, and I think he goes there. And this feels a lot less suckery than Mayfield's yardage prop, which sits at 257.5. Man, Baker's been throwing for a ton of yardage lately. Why would that number be so low? Don't get tricked into taking that over. I think that's a sucker bet. I think the real over with Baker Mayfield is on his attempts. Last thing, Rashad White's attempt total. And this is just me trying to correlate between what's being offered and what information is available to us. Rashad White's attempt total is 15 and a half, and it's getting hammered to the under everywhere that I see. That's wild to me since he hasn't been below that, but once in his last seven games. So if that's going under... Mayfield's pass attempts figure to go over. Great correlation there, Dave Proppy. 
I uh, just wanted to add, I really like uh, Dave's prop on Baker Mayfield. Uh, and again, just to piggyback, Dave mentioned this, but the Detroit, the way you beat them is by throwing on them. They're a significant pass funnel. They actually allowed the fewest or surrendered the fewest yards to opposing running backs this season. So we know Tampa Bay, even though Rashad White did break out a bit over the second half of the season, they're not exactly a strong running team. And we've seen Baker, as Dave mentioned, uh, just really have high yardage totals, take the game into his hands. He's also jawing a bit with C.J. Gardner-Johnson as well, uh, kind of stoking the pot there a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think the, the Bucks know, and that's going to be the emphasis of the game plan, is going to be to throw a bunch on this Detroit uh, pass defense, which has frankly been just absolutely terrible. So I actually am with Dave. Dave and I each have an overplay uh, in this particular game. I'm going to go to Mike Evans with mine here. So number one receivers against Detroit. Let me read you the last four weeks. Justin Jefferson, six catches, 141 yards and a touchdown. C.D. Lamb, 13 catches, 227 yards and a touchdown. Jefferson, again, 12 catches, 192 yards and a touchdown. Last week, Puka Nakua, assuming that you think that uh, he is the number one receiver for the Rams, which seems like 10 catches, 181 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans' number is only 69 and a half. That just seems like a gift to me. Against single high, uh, single high coverage, which Detroit plays primarily, Evans has a 27% target share. 43% air yard share and 32% first read share. He's going to get a bunch of targets from Baker Mayfield, which plays into Dave's uh, attempts prop. So that's great. Against uh, Detroit earlier when they played in October, Evans had 10 targets, only four catches, 49 yards. I think this game will be high, much higher scoring than that. So I expect Mike Evans to go over that 69 and a half number at minus 115. And then I also am going to play Mike Evans to get an anytime touchdown at even money. Listen, we've seen what number one receivers have done against Detroit lately. I'm sticking with it. Sometimes you got to ride the trend. I know Proppy's probably shaking his head there uh, on the screen saying, no, but this is a recent trend, Proppy. Go ahead. I mean, go ahead. You want to? Uh, I don't mind. I was just going to back UFBC and tell you uh, one of the reasons, or one of the reasons we really like opposing number one wide receivers against the Lions is because they double. Uh, number one uh, wide receivers at the lowest rate of any defense in the league. So that certainly bodes well for Mike Evans here. So I was debating between Mike Evans to play his over and another player, which I thought I'm like, this over is way too small. And then I see that Uncle Dave jumped on it. Who do you like, Dave, and why? I like Rashad White, and I don't like his rushing numbers. You already heard what I had to say about that. I, I wanted to play him from a receiving perspective, and I wanted to go in a direction that's actually failed us the last couple of weeks. Not that we made this pick, but if you had taken the over on Rashad White, unless you got the over at like five and a half yards, uh, you would have lost. I'm taking the over on 22 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. That's from MGM. He's been under 23 receiving yards each of his last two games, both of which were solid, if not commanding wins by Tampa Bay. They didn't have to play at a fast pace. They didn't have to take checkdowns. I'm not thinking that's going to be the case this week against Detroit. Remember, the Lions have that run defense that's really, really good. And I already told you that Rashad White, yeah, he hasn't had 100 total yards lately. I think he's going to struggle to run the ball. Go look at his rushing yardage prop. It's low this week. I'm not comfortable saying that that number is going to hit, that under is going to go. But I do think this over goes. Before week 18, White had at least 24 receiving yards in four straight games and seven of nine games. Over their past five games, the Lions have been right around league average and catch rate allowed to running backs, 79%, and yards per catch. That's seven yards per catch to running backs. But a full yard worse in yards after catch per reception. That means that running backs are getting the football, they're making plays, they're gaining yards at a higher rate than the majority of the league. And if the Lions play that heavy zone coverage that I'm expecting – that opens up Rashad White as an easy target underneath for Baker Mayfield to hit two, three, four times, and that should be more than enough for him to get 23 receiving yards. Not my favorite prop of the day, but one of them for sure. And this is the last point. Because of that zone coverage, and we've seen it already this year, Rashad White gets a 17.7% target per route run rate from Baker Mayfield against zone. Against man? That rate is 1.6%. Other matchups, I would be running to the hills away from this one. But I think Rashad White gets involved in the passing game, and I think he goes over 22 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, and I like that one a lot, Dave. Now, Proppy, here's a question for you, for both of you. Rico asked a good one in the chat. He says, where can I find coverages teams run the most 
and how players perform against them. Now, I find it in certain articles when I'm doing some research. Do you have a certain place where you find them, each of you? Start with you, Proppy. Uh, I don't have a, uh, like a specific site. I kind of use like a, a combination of sites for that info, but DM me on Twitter at PropStars, and I will help you out and get you that information. Dave, yeah, is there unfortunately, something- I can't even offer that. Um, I, if you ask me on Twitter and time permitting, I can get you the data that you're looking for. Um, I do have access to Pro Football Focus's mm-hmm. information about how often teams play man or zone and then which specific type of coverage shell that they play. I've come to really learn that for the most part, man versus zone is good enough to get an idea of how well a player can do against a certain type of coverage. Sometimes quarterbacks do tend to play better or worse versus cover one specifically. That's when there's only one safety in the back of the field. They say that the middle of the field is closed when that happens, but the sidelines are open because you're going to see man coverage on opposite side. This is all football jargon. A lot of people don't care about it. Sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Where can you make all of these bets? Well, listen, if you don't have a BetMGM account, what are you doing? New BetMGM customers can sign up today get $158 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $5. You'll get $158 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome with bonus code EDGE158. That's EDGE158. Before we preview Kansas City and Buffalo, let's hear from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All right, before we get into this big game, and I know this is kind of the one that everyone wants to talk about. Uh, they've had epic matchups in the playoffs. Of Among the first three games that we've done, somebody asked this, I think Scott asked this in the chat, which is your favorite live betting potential that you think of the first three games that we've talked about where it could be most profitable? Proppy, what would you say? Um, let's see, live betting. Uh uh, we've seen with Detroit often they often get out to very big leads uh, in the first half. They, they, t- they tend to play really well in the first half and then kind of take the foot off the proverbial gas in the second half. So uh, a scenario I could potentially see would be betting Baker actually live for the second half, especially if they fall down like 21-10, 21-3. Uh, I can really see him start to sling it, especially if Detroit's able to limit him in that process and kind of dominate the ball, kind of keep things away from Tampa Bay. I could see a big second half of Baker playing catch-up, so that'd be a spot that I'd be looking. Scott and Prop, you're aligned. Good call on that. Dave, you have a couple of updates for us. Sure. So first and foremost, we talked about the weather in San Francisco for that game between the Packers and the 49ers. I wanted to give a forecast, and I found it myself. This is from weather.com. Uh, It's expected to have light rain by kickoff, not too bad on the wind. And so if there is only light rain, I still feel pretty good about Jordan Love hitting that over. But if there are serious showers that could impact, obviously, the trajectory of the football, but more importantly, the visibility of the quarterback, then I would be really nervous about just how many pieces of clothing I will be getting promoky in uh, in the future here because Jordan Love will go under. So I think whichever way you're leaning, well, let's put it this way. If you're leaning the over on Jordan Love, I would wait a little bit to make that bet just to see what the weather actually is when we get to game time. If you're taking the under, I would jump on it now. That's the first point. And then I want to just clean up this other thing. And this is from the first game. And I really want to get Alex's uh, reaction to this. Here's what I've got as far as target per route run rate for Nico Collins versus man coverage versus zone coverage when C.J. Stroud's on the field and Tank Dell is not on the field. And that's obviously going to be the situation that the Texans are going to see 
on Sunday against the Ravens. It's good news all the way around if you're taking overs on Nico Collins. The target per route run rate is high either way. 28% versus zone, 36% versus man. I do not expect the Ravens to play a lot of man coverage. Number one, they haven't been lately. And number two, Marlon Humphrey isn't going to play in the game. They usually tend to lean on him. Their cornerbacks aren't going to be quite as good without him on the field. And so just the fact that Nico is going to see, you know, anytime that target per route run rate is at least 25%, I get interested. I'm just curious what your reaction is to that. And remember, this doesn't include week one against Baltimore because Tank Dell was healthy for that game. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Nico just dominate targets uh, since Tank Dell has gone on the shelf. Uh, I would argue I just think Baltimore is just equipped to slow him down. Uh, I would think a great, a great look would be, I mean, not the same exact uh, schematics, but if we look at uh, what they did to Tyreek Hill a couple of weeks ago when the Ravens played the Dolphins. They held him to four receptions for 76 yards uh, with a lot of, you know, uh, attention being paid to him. Uh, I think there's less to worry about or I guess equal to say uh, as far as like the ancillary options are concerned on Houston. So I just think they're going to just really not necessarily sell out, but a lot of attention is going to be paid uh, to stopping Nico Collins coupled with the weather. I think it's just going to be a tough spot for CJ Stroud to get loose as well. So I just think the opponent is brutal. Uh, and I just think the Ravens are equipped uh, to potentially limit him here. But, yeah, no argument that he is uh, an absolute target monster and has been uh, the engine of this passing attack. Yeah, and I wanted to mention one thing about C.J. Stroud. I was really targeting his under one-and-a-half touchdown passes in this game because on the road he's just a different quarterback than he is at home. Listen, I hit that over one-and-a-half last week in the first 18 minutes of the game. That was easy money for all of you that that tailed along with it. I think we were, were all on, on board with that. But on the road, he I think he only has like six touchdowns on the year as compared to more than double digits, close to 20 at home. So just kind of keep that in mind. Go ahead, Profi. It's funny you say that uh, as far as Nico is concerned. He has, I believe, 380 receiving yards on the road compared to over 900 or close to 900 uh, at home this season. So some drastic home road splits. Oftentimes, I think these don't necessarily, you know, tell a full picture, but I do think there is something to say uh, that C.J. Stroud uh, is potentially going to struggle in inclement or at least frigid temperatures far away from Houston against, in my opinion, what is the best pass defense in the NFL. When betting baseball, I love the home road splits angle, but this one with Houston's passing attack is a definite here. Now let's move on to Buffalo and Kansas City, the most exciting game of the week. I mean, I went on uh, the Sportsline social. I give out my score predictions every week. I pick Kansas City. Uh, the Buffalo fans are really not happy with me. So, you know what? Just, just because of that, let's start with a Buffalo prop. <laughs> Uncle Dave, you are the only one of the three of us that is going with a Bills prop this week. What do you have and why? I like Josh Allen to go over 32 and a half pass attempts at minus 115. He had 42 pass attempts at Kansas City in week 14. And then he went over this 32 and a half mark just once since then. But it was at Miami in week 18. That was a game that the Bills absolutely had to have. And push comes to shove. I think the Bills are going to ride Josh Allen to victory just as they do in important games. And just as they've done in each of four straight games against the Kansas City Chiefs, when he's attempted at least 37 passes per game. That's not an average. That's a minimum of 37 pass attempts per game against the Kansas City Chiefs when he's played them. That does include two playoff games. It helps that Kansas City's run defense has been awesome. 3.7 yards per carry in its past five. They held Miami's running backs last week to three yards per carry. That's forced Chiefs opponents to throw plenty. Three straight quarterbacks have attempted at least 33 passes against Kansas City. 11 of 18 on the season have thrown at least 33 pass attempts against Kansas City. And the forecast for Buffalo on Sunday, yeah, it's going to be cold. What do you expect? It's Buffalo. But only moderate winds. There's no crazy snowfall. There's no rain. This shouldn't change how Josh Allen operates against Kansas City's defense. And on top of that, I'm a little worried about Buffalo's defense holding up because they've got a multitude of injuries. A lot of players who are hurt will play in this game. They won't be at 100%. And I wonder if Kansas City can take advantage of that and force Josh Allen to play Superman again for the Buffalo Bills. I'm not saying Buffalo is going to win the game, but I am saying that Josh Allen is going to throw at least 33 passes against Kansas City on Sunday. 
Listen, I think we all, uh, not, I, I don't want to speak for everybody. We want to see Buffalo, like their fans are so loyal. They're there in the middle of the night shoveling snow out of that stadium. You couldn't pay me enough money to do that. They're doing it for like 20 bucks an hour. I want to see this team win and get to a Super Bowl. Any fan base deserves it. It's probably this one. But Proppy, based on your next play, I don't think you're, I think you're probably with me thinking Kansas City is going to be in a good spot. What's your play and why? Yeah, first and foremost, shout out to the Bills Mafia. Uh, I do love those Buffalo fans. But, yeah, I like Isaiah Pacheco in this game. Going over 60 and a half rushing yards. This is five to seven yards too shallow or too shy, in my opinion. Pacheco's looked really good, and I've actually been really impressed with his usage. Andy Reid, typically not known uh, for running the football a lot, but the way Kansas City's offense has operated all year, uh, sans really the emergence of Rasheed Rice over the last couple of weeks, uh, even with Rasheed Rice, you know, kind of asserting himself as a number one wide receiver. Uh, they've just had to really rely on their ground game because it's been uh, their, their easiest, their clearest path, the path of least resistance as far as success is concerned has been running the football. So I've just been really encouraged and impressed with Isaiah Pacheco. I think this is a great matchup against Buffalo. Buffalo allows 4.6 yards between the tackles. That is 28th in the NFL this season. So they are vo really vulnerable up the middle. And again, We've just seen a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. I believe he's coming off of 24 rushing attempts last week. His, his uh, rushing line, uh, attempts line is set at 15 and a half this week. So I think 60 yards is a really reasonable ask here. I think we're going to see Kansas City be very balanced as well. Uh, so I love Isaiah Pacheco in this spot at a very low number at 60 and a half yards. And what I think is definitely a plus matchup. You know, what's crazy about Pacheco is he runs so hard. That his, I feel like his shelf life as an NFL running back is going to be short because this guy is such a bruiser, Proppy. That I, and I, in, we're in a dynasty league together, and I traded for him earlier in the year. I'm thinking this guy. There's no way this guy is playing five more years in the league it if he runs like this. Reminds me a bit of the great and rest in peace Marion Barber a little bit. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great point. All right, so of course, you know, for the last prop of the week. Did you really think I would go a whole show and not do a kicker prop? I mean, I mean, seriously, we've been pretty good with these, and I've been playing overs. Well, it's time for a change. And I sat there, and I was really going, you know, I, let me just say this, a little, little backstory. Dave and I exchanged an email maybe six, eight weeks ago, something like that. Dave's like, don't be afraid to take unders. And Proppy says the same thing. Just don't be afraid. And I am one who, yeah, you got you to gotta clench a little harder when you take an under, right? This one really hurts, but I have stats for it. So we're going to go with it. Go ahead, Harrison Butker, under one and a half made field goals at minus 140. Listen, he's 12 for 12 in his last three weeks, but he's only over this number in 11 of 18 games, which compared to other kickers is not much. But in Buffalo's last 11 games, opposing kickers have, got, have hit the under one field goal or less in nine of them, nine of 11. Plus, we have weird win potential in Buffalo. We know that. Remember that, That listen, some of us had uh, the Steelers plus 14 and a half on Monday night on an alt line, and Tyler Bass was going to kick a chippy field goal at the end of the game, and it, and it wandered off. It went some weird direction because of the Buffalo win. Now, Butker has been very accurate this year, but you never know what happens when the wind blows up in Buffalo. Going under here, you know, if you want to be careful with it, especially for a field goal prop, might be the first one all year, but I feel confident in it that nine of – 11 games, and I'm not even going to give Proppy uh, any more. I was going to give extra stats about previous postseason games for <laughs> Butker, but I know how he feels about those, and I want to end this show on a high note. Dave, go ahead. It's seven of the last eight games that Buffalo has not allowed multiple field goals to a kicker. If you can name the kicker who's a little thicker, more so than a sticker, <laughs> that made multiple field goals against Buffalo – uh, I got them both. I got I, my two out of eleven. I can name them. Well, you follow these kickers very closely, you see, so I'm not surprised. I mean, I gave you this. some hints with thicker. Yeah, well, Cameron Dicker had five field goals against him on that <laughs> Saturday night game, and the yeah. other one, Dave, was Will Lutz of the Broncos. Remember that crazy game on Monday night where we thought that was going to be the game that kept Buffalo out of the playoffs because it was an inexcusable loss in the last play of the yep. game to Will Lutz. Outside of Lutz and Dicker. Uh, no other kickers have made multiple field goals. If you want to look for a trend that means absolutely nothing, 
both of those kickers were from the AFC West, and so is Harrison Butker. I know it means nothing, but I'm still rolling with the under. I just just wanted to point that out. So that is uh, the all of our picks on the show. Let's bring up the recap screen. And as always, Dave, I'm going to start with you. Your favorite pick, not from your card, but from Proppies or mine. What do you like? Uh, it's the Isaiah Pacheco over 60 and a half rushing yards. Uh, it's a little juicy at 124, but he's been playing so well. And I'm real curious what that Bills front could look like. I, I think Terrell Bernard's going to try and play. It looked like he was done for the year with a really bad injury last week. It, it sounds like he's got a chance to play. But if he's not 100%, he can't chase down Pacheco. I am certain that whether it's him or A.J. Klein in the middle of that defense, Kansas City will be pumped to try and attack it with the run. And I think Pacheco makes a lot of sense there. Proppy, your favorite pick. I know you like to do one of each. Let's hear what you got. Yeah, I really like two from Dave. Uh, I really like the Jameer Gibbs rushing attempts. Uh, they just need to give him the football more. It's just evident to me, or if it's it's clear that he is the superior. He's obviously the more explosive option. Uh, just has such big playability. I, I think he deserves more work, and he's earned it. Uh, so I like that quite a bit. Uh, and then I also like Baker Mayfield's attempts here. I really think Detroit being the pass funnel that they are. Uh, so I like both of those quite a bit from Dave. And then I like your Mike Evans receiving yards prop here. I do think, uh, the, the, again, they're going to be forced to be playing from behind and have to air the ball out. Even if they're not playing from behind in a neutral game script, they're going to be throwing the football. And Mike Evans is going to be a beneficiary of that. And again, they double team at the least or the uh, lowest rate in the NFL this year. So it really sets up Mike Evans. Uh, as long as he avoids Brian Branch, who's been really good, uh, a defensive back for Detroit, I think he'll have a big game. And my favorite prop of each of yours, Rashad White, over 22 and a half receiving yards from you, Dave. I like that. As, as similar with the Baker Mayfield, Mike, Mike Evans, there's a same game parlay idea. Listen, did you think I was not going to mention the word parlay on the show? <laughs> we know better. And uh, for you, Proppy, since we're at going with parlays, Let's throw in Sam Laporte over 36 and a half receiving yards. I think that is a great play. Guys, always another fun show. We have a couple more of these to go for the championship games next week and then the Super Bowl a few weeks after that. Now, a few scheduling notes. We have Saturday. If you can see, Proppy is all over everywhere. I mean, you can find him on HQ a million times, but you can also find him on the Early Edge family Saturday at 3.30 Eastern along with Sia and M Squared and on Sunday uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern, Sia, uh, M-Squared, Proppy, and R.J. White uh, going to be on that one, scheduled to be on that one. So we look forward to that. Also, want to make it known, the Early Wedge is back Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Myself, the counselor, Patrick McDonald, going to uh, break down next week's Farmers Insurance Open from the great Tory Pines in San Diego. So a lot on the docket here. Let's make your money in the NFL this weekend. And then you can spend it on betting some golf next weekend. Remember, the golf ends on Saturday before the championship games. I'm just trying to build bankrolls here, saying that. Thanks, as always, to producer Jake behind the scenes. He does a great job. For Uncle Dave, for Proppy, I am EC. Thanks for watching. And as I always like to say, let's hit it big. Good luck. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.